Well, today I have the honor, Eric, of giving you a charge on this day in which your church recognizes you as a pastor. It's an honor because of who this church is, and it's an honor because of who you and and Samantha are. Uh, even as I get to speak directly to you, it's very different than a, than a sermon. It's, it's nice to be able to speak to you with all of these ears listening in, your whole church family listening in. And I, I pray that as I do so, God uh, does work in, in all hearts, but I get to speak specifically to you. Eric, you belong to the Lord. You are his. You're his because he made you, body and soul, giving you life and breath, giving you a place in the world and in history. You are his by the fact that he redeemed you. He bought you with his blood. He gave himself for you and brought you into this covenant in which you are his and he is your God. By his grace now, you can say your hope is in him. Your future is with him. You bear his name. Uh, He is your life. It would have been over-the-top blessing and honor to be able to say all of that, to describe you as included, which you are, adopted, forgiven, reconciled. Who could ever ask for more than that? But on top of all of that, grace upon grace, he has given your life a special purpose and called you to have a role in his mission and is writing your life into the grand human story of his eternal kingdom, tangling up your life and days beautifully with his work in the hearts of others, in the hearts of his people. He's not done so, uh, it's true that he's done great works in your life, but he's also made your life about his great work, uh, the work of drawing uh, men and women to himself and uniting all things in heaven and earth under his great and glorious rule. And of course, he's brought you into Samantha's life and brought her into yours such that these past eight years, all that life of grace upon grace, both in the enjoyment of what he's done for you and in how he uses you in others' lives are uh, a together kind of thing. There is not one life that has been blessed through your life these past years that, well, she's, she's a part of that story as well. And vice versa, there's no, nobody has been blessed through Samantha's life that you're not a part of that story as well, such that it's impossible to speak of God's grace in your life without mentioning her. We thank God and praise him for both of you. Eric, when I think of you, I think of your commitment to Christ that causes you to speak about him in this way that you do. Uh, I think about uh, your commitment that brought you to live in in Peru uh, for two years, uh, thinking about finding you up in the Andes Mountains and finding you at home because it was your home and a place that I love to visit, but would be very hard for me to think of as home. But you were there because you love Jesus and because of the cause of Christ. I think about uh, him taking you and Samantha to uh, North Africa and Western Europe and what God did through your lives there because you love Jesus, because of how he's called you to be a part of his mission. I think of traits that you share with Jeremy Haskins. A lot of them, but uh, an intentionality, a drive, 
a tenacity in problem solving in the work of ministry. Both of you are the kind that you can actually see it on your faces, that you're turning thoughts over and over and over as you're trying to find a solution for the glory of Christ. I think about your diligence, how you mobilize people well because they see your commitment to the cause of Christ and want to join you as you have joined him in his work. Today, I want to read a passage for you. And this passage is familiar to you. You've read it many times, and you've probably taught it to other people. But I want you to hear it on the day in which your church is recognizing you as a pastor, in which you are ordained. I want you to hear uh, Jesus' charge to Peter from John 21. So I'll invite anybody who may be listening in to turn to John 21. And I'm just going to read to you um, from verse 15. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs. Eric, the ministry, the, your ministry to the people of God is to be an expression of your love that you have for the Lord the love that has been created in you because he loved you first. Endure in the work you have been called to by enduring in your love for Christ. May you always be able to say, along with the Apostle Paul, we are compelled by the love of Christ. May you resist the temptation to try to do the work for any other cause, the expectations of others, expectations of yourself, a sense of competition to satisfy your own goals or ambitions. May you remember that the only opinion that really matters is his and your ministry is out of love to him. Verse 16, he said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, tend my sheep. Eric, your ministry to the people of God is to feed his lambs, to tend his sheep. That's what you've been called to. Remember that in your role as pastor, God has you in this special calling for the purpose and health of his people. You exist for Christ first, but then in that you exist for them, not them for you. May you always resist the temptation to see people as resources for what you want to see done. And may you always love them and serve them and give your best for them in the love of Christ. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. He said to him, feed my sheep. Eric, I started this charge by reminding you that you are his. But let me remind you right now that the people you serve are his. You're gonna use the possessive when you talk about them. You're gonna say my church. You're gonna say my students, you already do. And that's biblical and good and right. We think about John, for example, saying my dearly beloved children. Or as I say to, about you, you are my friend. It's a possessive of affection. 
But when Jesus says my, it means all that affection and so much more. And there is a comfort in this and a privilege and a weighty responsibility to know that you work with people who truly belong to him. Uh, May you always be able to say, imitate me as I imitate Christ. And yet remember and know they are ultimately his disciples you are making. There's two more observations I'd like to make from this passage. One uh, is, of course, the next verse, which you're familiar with, and, and I am as well, with the, we, this prophecy of how Peter is going to die. I don't have any prophecy of you dying, and that's, that's a good thing. We're thankful for that. But I think there's something that we need to all hear in this as well, all who are called to this word. Truly, truly, I say to you, When you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. What, Todd, are you going to pull out of this? Um, Pastor Jeremy already indicated this, as he said, before you were... You were free. You could go. <laughs> and uh, it's in the same sense that there's a freedom that, that you've lost. And it's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. Um, any parent, when they think about life decisions, they can't just think about life decisions with the freedom they would have if they were a single person. The joy of love and relationship to their children is not a constriction or a, a constraint that's a bad thing. It's a joy And the same way you being constrained by the love of Christ means you're always going to be thinking about his people. And it's going to affect the way you live. And we think about, for example, his his martyrdom. And I think of this, I've always thought of this more as, oh, he did this for Jesus. It's out of his his commitment to Christ and the testimony of Christ. And I come on, forget. Yes, and wasn't there a part of his relationship to the people of God? on that day in which he gave up his life for the testimony of faith? Wasn't he also thinking because he'd been trained by the disciple maker, the grand disciple maker, who on the day of his arrest was thinking about his guys, as he said, let these guys go? He was thinking shepherdy thoughts, I'm convinced, even to that moment. And the rest of your life is going to be constrained by the love of Christ in that beautiful way. And then last, he ends with this conversation with, with Peter, or this is in this episode of the, of the forever long relationship with Jesus, he hears these words, the same two words that he heard on the shore so long ago, a different shore in which he walked away from his nets as Jesus said to him, follow me. And all throughout, he'd been hearing that tone. You think about in the, in the book of John, there's all these times where the, the hour has not yet come, the hour has not yet come, and there's a time where it says the hour has come, and Jesus is going to the cross, and he talks on that day about following him. And here, he says after all of this, feed my lambs, feed my lambs, tend my sheep, follow me. And I want you to hear that and remember that life is always ultimately only about following Christ. And what these people need more than any other skill in your life, more than any other characteristic about your life, they need you to follow him and follow him well.